Pedersen scores! Surveys, nowhere to go, and back in the end zone, touchdown! What a catch by Tyler Lockett! Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 12, I believe. Yeah, 12 of the Avid Discussions podcast. And this is a, this is a, this is once again a special one because the Canucks are in the playoffs officially this time. And their opponent has been determined. It is the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Of course, we're, we're joined by our good friend and co host of the podcast, Ty Party. Ty, how are you doing today? I'm pretty pumped out of some hockey, uh, you know, legit playoff hockey back. We're not, we're not saying it's playing anymore, right? Right. It's actually playoffs this time because, well, that was play-ins. This is playoffs. And uh, this is actually going to be a best-of-seven series instead of a best-of-five. So, yeah, the play-ins were crazy, and the playoffs are going to be even more crazy. I tweeted out my bracket today, and... Uh, I'm probably going to get all of them wrong. And yeah, playoffs. I've uh, been, uh, I'm excited for tomorrow, game one. Uh, today's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Game one's at 7.30 p.m. And uh, I, the Blues, as mentioned, they are the defending Stanley Cup champion. They are a very good, they are a good team, a very good one. And, uh, they're a team not to be taken lightly. And uh, they're obviously very different from the Minnesota Wild. So, uh, Ty, uh, start us off. Uh, you got all the numbers and all that. Start us off with, like, your thoughts on the series. Uh, so when, when I look at this, uh, when, I, when I started diving into them, uh, I really thought, like, that the Blues would be a significantly better team because of obviously the cup run and their numbers Christmas on in that season. Um, I'll let you know, I was, uh, I was actually surprised the Canucks, uh, Canucks are probably a better offensive team in, in uh, I, I mean, that might be a hot take, but I mean, they're very close. It, it's, it's within, it's within reach the two. Uh, and the reason I would say the Canucks are better is the Canucks, uh, the Canucks generate more opportunities. So they, uh, when I'm looking at five on five, uh, the Canucks are 11th in Corsi 4 per, se- per 60, so that's your shot generation. How many shot attempts you're, dro- you're driving at the net, doesn't matter if it's blocked, doesn't matter if it misses the net, doesn't matter if it goes in. 
counts as one attempt. Um, Canucks drove the 11th most shots per 60 at five on five, obviously adjusted for scoring venue. Uh, Blues were all the way down at 28th at only 52.13. But um, a big reason for that is, is we look at the Blues play a very, I wouldn't say they play a very similar style to the wild, almost but a slower, you know, when I'm looking at, looking at it that way is I don't think there was a slower team in hockey than the blues. If we're looking at pace and the way to calculate pace is um, you add up the course, the attempts for and against. So obviously we we look at like a team like Toronto would be fast paced in comparison or, or Carolina too. the blues. They like to slow it down a lot and you know, their defensive numbers are good because of that. But again, it hurts their offensive numbers, obviously. Um, when I look at their expected goals, the Canucks, obviously, you know, the Canucks were about 18th at 5-on-5. Five five. Blues were 24th. So, like, their offense is very similar, though, in a lot of aspects. Um, and, and again, both teams had a very strong power play. Um, why I would say, you know, even if there's a bit of a distance between the Canucks and the Blues on their offensive numbers, is the Blues all of a sudden get, you know, uh, Tarasenko, he's pretty good at hockey, isn't he? You know, you get him back. Um, that's always going to boost your offensive ability too. Um, the, the thing that sets the Blues apart from the Canucks, in my opinion, is the defensive game. Um, five on five, the Canucks were 25th and expected goals against at five on five. Blues were eighth. That's uh, a pretty significant gap, I would say. Um, the goaltending was slightly better than for the blues and that's looking at public data obviously there's you know certain data that would suggest marshall was better than bennington um but when i look at like the blues were third in, in goals against eighth in expected goals against and, and first in Corsi against so they play a slow style it helps their goaltending they keep shots to a low quality and on top of that they have a good goalie to back everything up the canucks are going to struggle in that aspect um I think there's a clear, clear way to win, though. Um, it's not a question. I, I think um, when the Canucks, the Canucks need to push the pace, and obviously, I think you're gonna you're gonna see the Blues come out very physical. Um, that's not gonna surprise me because the one game that they really did play the Patterson line physical was was that game three line, right? With the where they loaded up their defensive guys. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. I, I'm pretty sure I see him. You know, watching the film of that and saying like, you know. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna generate so many opportunities. Let's play them physical, and that's how we're gonna have to beat them. Um, and again, even when they try to do the thing that gives me more hope though is is you know they tried to play the Patterson line physical all series. They really did it to Patterson game one. He adjusted. Then they said, okay, we'll put three physical guys on on one line when we have the matchups. They adjusted to that. Even um, it gives me a lot of hope for for that top line because you know that they're gonna perform regardless of the matchup, really. And I, I think, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, I, he was, again, like one of the stronger uh, defensive forwards in the league again this year. Uh, I'd expect if I'm looking at – I was trying to predict matchups the other day, and I'll ask you, I'll ask you this question in a second too, is, is how do you expect the matchups going in the series? Uh, I actually wrote an article uh, – well, it's going to come out – tomorrow like line uh, matchups yeah line matchups uh so um the lotto line miller Pedersen, and besser um they 
they've known to be well we've seen in the regular season that they matched up well against the blues in those uh in those three games uh especially in the wins so i expect them to match up against the uh first line against the blues pretty well um but one do thing you expect to- them to go against uh shan yes i do and I, uh, see i think like w- when i'm looking at it i, I think like the Blues want the O'Reilly matchup for um, the Blues want O'Reilly on Pedersen, and Maybe. it depends though because normally Horvat's the shutdown guy, and obviously you'd think that the Tarasenko, Schwartz, and Shen would be the most dangerous offensive line, right? And I, I'm pretty sure you'd agree with that. Yeah. So if you're the Canucks and you're on home ice, if you have the Pedersen line against the uh, Let's see. If you put Pedersen line against against the Shen line, I think that that's a plus matchup for. There's a plus matchup in, in either way, but um, I don't. Let's look at the numbers of that. I mean, if you look at, you have like O'Reilly, who again was one of the stronger two way. He was one of the strongest uh, defenders in the league at even strength. You know, Bozak was right behind him, uh, and. Jaden Schwartz, like they're a very, those are the three, those are three like top 20 defensive players. Like uh, the Blues are, are, are pretty strong defensively in aspect. Where I, where I changed my opinion though is like Tarasenko, not a very good defensive player. Shen's about an average defensive player. And then Schwartz. I mean, Schwartz isn't going to carry the line by himself. Whereas you've got O'Reilly, uh, I think Perron's on that line. He's an average defender. And uh, who plays? Who plays in the other wing? Is it is it is it Blay or is uh, Thomas on there? I think it's Blay. I'm not sure. Let's bring up daily. Because Thomas off. is a good defender. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas is, is a very good defender. Because Thomas is going to make that line that line matchup against O'Reilly. He's going to make it tougher. Oh yeah. Uh, let me see their lines. But like you look at it, like. You know Tyler Bozak again, like he's gonna skate circles around that line because oh. he, you know, he's not he's not he's not a very good offensive player, but he's like a very strong defensive yeah. player. Uh, judging on his profile this year, um, yeah, that's true. But you look at like these main guys, like even if Sanford's on that like O'Reilly line, like another you know very strong you know offensive guy at even strength, and another you know very good defensive player too. Like he's not. He's not terrible at all. 1.8 wins above replacement. He's probably, you know, he's a good second liner. I can't argue with that. Maybe even a low-end first liner in in, a, in his two-way play at even strength. Not not counting any teams. Yep. Uh, just looked on the O'Reilly line. They have Sanford and David Perron. On... Perron's played well in the plans. Yeah, he has played well. At least well. the first two games he did. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, you look at so like you know comparing. Let's see if if I'm going off of straight even strength offensive ability, uh, top five players. Who would you say they are? Both uh, St. Louis and Vancouver uh, forwards. Forwards. Like for both teams, or like just more one. Both each? teams. I think it's pretty obvious who's number one. Elias Patterson. Yeah, not even close. So not I even think close. He's, like he's not even close. Double. Um, next two guys might surprise you. Ooh, let's see. Let's do J.T. Miller and Braden Shen. 
Uh, Shen is ninth. Oh. And Miller's fifth. Fifth. Okay. Wow. That's that is surprising. Maybe Jaden Schwartz. Uh, uh, is he? Schwartz is seventeenth out oh, wow. of thirty-seven. I'm, I'm not even close with this thing. Schwartz is a better. Schwartz is a good power play and great defensive player. Yeah, no, um, I'm not going to argue with that. Not bad offensively though. Yeah. But like you know, he adds he adds a very stable two way presence to that, that top line. Yep, that's that's very true. Why? Another reason why that top you line. Let me just good. say it. Yeah, I, I'm not even close. Ryan O'Reilly second, Zach Sanford third. Oh wow, that's that's incredible. Well, O'Reilly not really surprising. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Sanford, look. Far, yes. I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna look farther into why Sanford ranks that high on uh, even strength. It's got it's got to be something to do with his either he's riding, um, you know what Sanford I wouldn't even say he's that good. Uh, I think that I'm gonna attribute a lot to he had a really high goals for right this year. He wasn't yeah. really driving play though, like specifically good. Um, it's more just yeah. I mean he's not I would yeah he's not the third best. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna scrap that because like. You know, if we have a big sample on somebody, we only have obviously two years on him, right? So, I mean, he's not driving play specifically good, and he's not generating very high chances. He's kind of like, uh, I'm going to say the best comparison is the Brock Bestford comparison in the sense that he has really high um, actual goals results, but like basically like not sustainable at all. That's the big thing with Besser. It's like he's done it for five years, though, so you kind of think it's sustainable. That is that. That's interesting. Um, let's. Uh, the one thing that uh, the the Blues have over the Canucks is obviously the defensive game and the defense. Uh, it's pretty obvious. You can see. Uh, let's see. Look at the Blues uh, defensive core. They got Carl Gunnarsson, Alex Pietrangelo, Marco Scandella, Colton Pareko, Vince Dunn, who. Uh, Pretty underrated, in my opinion. And Justin Falk. Obviously a much better defensive core than the Canucks. Except, well, the Blues don't have a Quinn Hughes on on them. But um, let's... Uh, but, like, there's only one defenseman you'd take on the Blues. Like, if you're just talking about this series alone, there's only one guy you'd take above... Quinn Hughes, though, right? Right. That would probably be... Petrangelo. Yeah, yeah, Alex Petrangelo. One of the best. But, like, Vince Dunn, like, has, like, because of because of Vince Dunn's even-strength defense, he was, like, comparable numbers to, to Quinn Hughes in terms of his wins and placement. Yep. Um, Hughes' defense wasn't as good, and, and I, I don't know what to attribute that to. Uh, you could attribute... Yeah, I, I wouldn't... I, I'd attribute that to that, like, you know, he... He takes a lot of risks offensively, and I, I think his defensive game will eventually come. But I mean, you know, you got like a guy like Pareko, uh, Dunn, Petrangelo, and I'd even say, you know, those are like the main guy. I'd say like the top five defensemen in this series are Petrangelo, Dunn, Hughes, Pareko, and Stetcher. And I think it, it's a big drop off after those five guys, you know, including both teams. Yeah. And mainly because, um, you know, they like, and the other big question is, uh, does Jordy Ben come in? 
Like that's another big one. Yeah, that's one. a big like, question. Uh, I'm not. And sure. he's a big. He's a big help to the penalty kill too. Like nobody talks about that, but he's a he's a good penalty killer. Yeah, nobody really talks about that. Uh, but, Hopefully, they take Myers off now of the penalty yeah. kill. Well, uh, probably not going to be on the penalty kill anyway because he takes so many penalties. But hopefully not. Uh, has Ben arrived at the uh, the bubble? I'm not sure. It, it sounds like he's going to do it next week. I don't know how long he has to quarantine for. That's the big question. Is it like what? I don't know the. Yeah, I mean, I, like he's got he's got a, he's got a newborn. Like obviously, he's most likely going to be taking his he's going to be taking everything very seriously in that aspect. Yeah. Um, before... so like I'd be very surprised uh, if he doesn't test like negative each time. Um, but obviously we have our precautions and everything. So I don't... they're in place for a reason, you know, just seeing what's happening in the MLB and the whole bit. So I don't know how many tests he has to have. I think it's 72 hours, uh, 72 hours of three negative tests or something like that. Yeah. Um, or that's probably one. Something, the... Yeah. Something like that. So like realistically he's missing at least, you know, even if he arrived, he'd have to arrive today and he's most likely not even getting there till, Game three, something like Probably that. Game three. Because obviously they have to see. They, they, I think that you know you have to see him skate on the ice because you haven't seen him skate. He hasn't been uh, anything yet, really, yep. has he? No, I don't think he has. He wasn't even part of phase three, was he? No, because uh, he had a, he had a, so, so he like, and his wife had a baby. Yeah, so like you've got to look at it as like, is uh, Ole Olevi going to be better because he's more conditioned? Yeah. Do you, is Oscar Fattenberg going to be better because he's more conditioned? Do you put Olevi? In this situation, like, uh, was actual, fine. Like, yeah, I he, had no problem with that. Yeah, he was uh, only played like six minutes uh, in the game against Minnesota, but he didn't look too bad. So, like when you, when you're watching him, like he didn't make any. I, I didn't. I mean, just from watching it, like it's a big position to get thrown into, right? Like yeah, the playoffs. It's, it's no. It's no joke. Yeah, play-ins. Jeez, sorry, I keep making that mistake. Well, um, everyone does. Yeah. Well, even even the rate big radio station, right? Yeah. Big radio Sorry, I had, to, I had to make that. I had to make that joke. Um, I mean, at the same time, like he didn't make any mistakes. So, like, I mean, he made a he made a good pass to Pedersen, got the rush started. Um, I think there was uh, there was one one instance where they they dump and chase, and you know he has a guy right on him and made the right read. Um, you know, rims the puck around, gets it to the winger. I mean, I had no problem with him at all, and, and in a bottom pair role. He's got Troy Stetcher, so he knows he's he's playing with a guy that's that's not going to make any mistakes. He's going to be a reliable guy. Um, you know, he has Troy Stetcher to bring the puck up too. Like he doesn't have to break it on himself. Yeah. I thought he played fine. I mean, as much as I roast the guy, you, you kind of want him to do well for the success of the Canucks because he adds another you know ELC contract defenseman that's cost efficient if if he performs. Yeah, you want to see this guy succeed because he's been through so much with the. Uh the injuries since his draft year. Even even without the injuries, you yeah, want him to succeed because for the best of the Canucks, he has to do well because he's such a good ELC contract. Yeah. If, if, if he's performing. Fifth overall pick too. And, uh, and of course, uh, we got a lot of harps saying, oh, we should have drafted Kachuk or whatever. But, I mean, uh, at the same time, it's a, it's a process move. Like, you, obviously, yeah, you'd rather have that, but I mean... But at the same time... Uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. The big question... Okay, so like, coming... Sorry, go on. Because, uh, well, as you mentioned, another ELC for the defense. And if if you Levy becomes like even just a bottom pair defenseman in the NHL, that'd be still even even if he's a Sammy Salo, you got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, 
coming back to the, I got, I got to ask you though, coming back to the, the matchup question. I looked, I looked some more into this when we're talking. So basically like um, you, you obviously saw the uh, um, uh, article Harmon put out great read because I'm, I'm even more happy about Travis Green using analytics. But yeah, that's um, but uh, so I think like he w- he matched like as a coach, uh, even game one, I'm looking more into his deployment. Um, I think that, you know, he played the beagle line a little too much in game one, but I mean, um, he adjusted really like you can't complain about that. Um, and he, he matched up Horvat really against the Parise line for the most of it. Uh, the main matchups for, for Pedersen's line was the top line of uh, Minnesota. And that was with the last change too. Um, he didn't really hard match any defense. Uh, that was one of the big things. Uh, he really, he really rode. He didn't play Troy Stetcher very much though. That was one of the big things. Um, or he kind of hard matched Edler and Stetcher against uh, the Eric Snack line. So that was the Parise and and Koonin. Uh That was the only really hard match he had. Uh, and it seems like Myers was out a lot against the Stall and Fiala line. But that's because Defol- the uh, Pedersen line was out, right? right? So game one, we have the last change there. It was pretty pretty pretty. Uh, pretty self-explanatory that you know he did ride the top line a lot and and he got a lot of crap and i I gave him a lot for that too game two uh pretty even in terms of his deployment uh he mostly matched uh pedersen and uh he mostly matched the Pedersen line against the stall line uh it kind of rotated though but but majority of it was the best so i mean we only have a, a two game sample of his home matchups right big question obviously going back to it is you want him to match him up against the Shen line at home. We just hope that he does it because I think for the Canuck success, you, you need that's, that's the most dangerous line. You have to put the Patterson line against uh, the Braden Shen and Tarasenko line. Yeah, that was, um, that's the biggest thing. Travis green really adjusted in those games, uh, matching his lines. And that's probably a big factor on why the Canucks won the series. And, uh, Game game one was a uh, absolutely terrible to watch, and uh, the performance was was just awful. And uh, Green noticed that, and I'm glad that he adjusted and he matched his lines up well uh, against Minnesota. So uh, big on him. And uh, I wish I had I read the article. I read part of it because uh, my athletic subscription ran out. But basically, and- it basically just said like that. A lot of the micro stats, you know, that like I talk about, like zone entries and yeah, all that. He's he's been using it for years. He used to get a guy to uh, manually track him, like um, that. I love that hearing a coach actually uses stuff like that because, like, that's that's like what you have. I mean, it takes a lot of work to put together, but obviously in the NHL you have all that data, so I mean, you may as well and you may as well use it because like you can find competitive advantages. I think that ultimately helped him, you know, figure out the series. Yeah, it uh, really did. Um, let's in goal. We got uh, Jordan Bennington uh, and Jacob Markstrom, and uh, almost forgot uh, that uh, Bennington, even after winning the Stanley Cup, said he should have won the Calder. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, what a salty old man! Uh, I, Wasn't he almost like thirty though? Oh, he's like twenty-six or something. Wait. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm cons- I thought he was like close to thirty when he said that. It you really feels rookie. like you it. ain't a rookie at thirty, buddy. Yeah, and oh, by the way, uh, 
speaking of the Calder, uh, I think the uh, I'll just get this out out of the way quickly. The cutoff age should be twenty three. That's it. Uh, so no one over twenty three. Yeah, uh, something like that. Something like that. Well, like how long did when did he get drafted though? Like what did he just sit in the minors for multiple years or? Uh, let me look. I really think he late? did get drafted. He had like there's but no like but like as a goalie like so as a goalie you spend you spend like how many years in the minors? But I mean like that's a pretty damn long time. Yeah, he spent a lot of time in the minors. If we're comparing. Yeah, he was Markstrom, drafted by the Blues in the third round. Markstrom and Bennington this year, really close in, in terms of their numbers. So yeah, it's really close. Markstrom was three point seven uh, goals saved above expected. That's my main goalie stat. Again, I, I speak about it very highly. Um, it's it takes again our I I think I've explained it before. It takes your expected goals against. So say Markstrom had one hundred and twenty. Um, expected goals against, uh, he allowed 116 of those, right? So right. on total, he saved 3.7 goals above expected because they were expected goals to go in. Uh, Bennington was 4.7. I'm going to round the 4.56 up. Um, so he had 130 expected goals against. Uh, uh, he led in 125 of them. Uh, 125.78, so hence the rounding up. But uh, Markstrom played seven less games than Bennington. So I mean, obviously Markstrom would probably be higher on the list if uh, if that happened. Um, it's really it's really you know flipping a coin at the end of the day. There's really not a big difference in St. Louis and Vancouver's goalie. Um, big big thing is obviously the quality of chances against. Uh, that's where St. Louis is going to have the advantage defensively because you know I, I honestly if, if I'm looking at it I, I kind of expect Vancouver to get possession more so than St. Louis, if I'm just guessing. Um, big question, though, is, like, is the pace going to affect Vancouver and the physicality? I mean, when you're looking at the Blues, they were 10th in a Corsi 4 percentage. Canucks were 23rd. So, I mean, the Canucks weren't a very good possession team in, in a lot of aspects. I'm going to attribute a lot of that to the bottom six for most of the year. If the bottom six can kind of play, at least the third line, the fourth line has not been good possession-wise in the playoffs. Third line, uh, we got a bit of a different question there. You know, Sutter was even positive last game. That doesn't happen a lot, but, um, you know, if the third line play is good for that matter, I think that they're going to have a better possession advantage because I think the, the top line consistently has a possession advantage over pretty much every line in the league almost. In, in, like, I mean, obviously you have your outliers that they're not going to do as well against. But, I mean, I think it's going to be – it's a really close matchup. And the big question, again, is, you know, you can't put any numbers on this, but are the Blues going to wake up and flip the switch? And, you know, you'd expect a veteran team to be able to do that quickly. But, again, like, the Blues voted against not even being there. So, do they want to be there or not? Because, like, the Blues are a better team on paper – but if the Canucks want to be there, like you can tell just by how Travis Green talks about them, how you know the entire lineup talks. Like, you know, this is a team that believe. This is a, the the hardest team to play against in hockey is a young team that believes and works hard. And you're seeing the same thing with Columbus. I don't know how they finished their game out, but Columbus believes uh, and Columbus, Columbus works their tail ends off. They, they are in their triple overtime. Oh, Tampa, they're still in triple recording. over. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't think, oh, they could be there all night for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, Col- 
that is very true. Uh, a young, determined team is a team you do not want to face in the playoffs. And Columbus this year and even last year uh, showed us that. Uh, I'm going to triple overtime. My God. Um, you know, yeah, the, Can- the Canucks work hard. Like, I mean, they do. as much crap as you give them, like for, you know, signing stuff, like they work hard. Like they don't, they don't quit at all. They, there's no quit in this team. Um, they don't have all the talent. I mean, like their bottom six doesn't have all the talent in the world, but I mean, um, they, you know, their top six works their tail end off. Like, you know, and uh, I, I don't want to say credit to Benning. But <laughs> those are the kind of guys that, those are the kind of guys you want to build around and, and a coach that, um, a coach that believes in, in a winning, and it believes in, you know, accountability and, you know, just building a culture that's built on working hard every night and not taking any, any nights off. And that's what Travis Green's doing. And, and I, I've given him a lot of crap in a lot of aspects, but the thing about Travis Green is he's adjusted every single time to fix their problems. And he, he did that again. Yes, Trav. Uh, even when the Canucks have a night off, they usually bounce back the game after. And, uh, Probably thanks to Travis. Yeah, how many Green. how many nights how many nights has Pedersen how many sorry to interrupt you how many nights has Pedersen done terrible the next night he just blows it up yeah much uh, I can remember but uh, game one to me was pretty much a night off uh, that game one against Minnesota but uh, and ever they did not look back since after and the Canucks are a are a pretty young team uh, they're determined. And uh, that's another reason why I think uh, they actually have a chance to beat the Blues. Well, the Blues are the better team on paper statist- and statistically, but hockey's played on ice, not paper. And No, oh, it's played on a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, or played on a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're using the stats, but you're not actually – yeah, you know what I mean. But Jay Beagle might not even be in this series, too. That's, that's put a smile on my face. Really? Yeah, because like, um, then maybe they add a well. Who's just gonna play fourth line center? It's gonna have to be Godette. Yeah, yeah. But he's not gonna be able to push possession as much as it's gonna be the same situation. Then then Sutter's line. Then or the only other thing I could see is that that he trusts Sutter more in the Beagle defensive role. But like, why do you need a defensive role? Just like go all out and try to score as much as you can. Yeah, that is true. Well, uh, I mean, like, like you need to be able to play defense, but like. You don't need to prioritize defense and stay in your own zone. Yeah. You, Otherwise, you'll end up like like Columbus prioritizes defense, and then they get a greasy goal here. But like Columbus spends like how much of the time in like like you watch like the Toronto games, like even last game, like how many times was like Toronto just like consistently getting offensive pressure, offensive pressure, offensive pressure, and then like the puck sneaks out and they score in a breakaway. <laughs> like that's how that's how like these teams win. Yeah, that's uh, you spend time in your offensive zone. Uh, you pretty much tire out the the offensive team, and then the puck squeaks away. They can't. Um, it's not gotta, a sustainable way to win, though. Yeah, you got to counter counter attack like really well for it for it to work. And Columbus does it pretty well. And uh, I'm just I'm just stunned. Like like I mean like I'm I'm a big believer in like the style that like I I've got no problem with what how Toronto Toronto losing that series like in the sense of. You know, obviously, you don't like the Leafs, but I mean, you can't get mad at the coaching staff for like basically having like they had six goals under like they basically so basically goals saved above expected, right? 
goalies had six in that series, just in that series alone. If I'm correct, there was, uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. Um, there was like three goalies or something that had above six goals, goals saved about expected the entire year. Um, and I mean, like two of them are Vesna candidates and one would have won the Vesna if he didn't get hurt in Kemper. So, I mean, how can you fault the Leafs for generating that much offense and just not finishing? Like, obviously, yeah, they could have had a little bit more spark in their step, but like their hockey was like super unlucky. Yeah, they pretty much were an unlucky team. Uh, well, it's going to be... On, you got to uh, laugh though the Leafs are out of the playoffs again. Yeah, well, we got to. <laughs> Like can't make the fir- can't make the playoffs if you c- if you can't win the play-ins, right? Can't uh, can't yeah, lose. I mean, and uh, anyway, well, back to I mean, the like, sorry, go on. To the I'm interrupting Canucks. a lot. I'm I'm fired up. <laughs> yeah, well, I I can't blame you. I'm fired up too. Like who isn't? Uh, I'm cri- I'm critical, man. But like I love this team to death. And I mean everybody everybody that like you know sees all my Twitter takes and just thinks like I'm always negative. I'm just like fired up, and I want the absolute best for this team. Yeah, I, like, you know, you that's, know what's that's really, why I'm negative. You know, what's I'm not my even negative. People on there who say, um, "Why don't you go for the cheer for the Leafs or something?" It's it's those people. Okay, you want you want to know what though? Like, like, okay, I, I'm just I'm just gonna say this. Like, you know how I sent that tweet about like, oh yeah, the Canucks win win the play-ins and get two more years of Benning because of it. Like, you were just trolling. I was like messaging a bunch of I was messaging like Chris Keen and these guys. So I was like, let's see how many people I can piss off. Yeah, I could <laughs> tell. I posted that and I just oh, you were, the replies were glorious. I I could easily oh. tell you were trolling there. And, and like literally, I I had like uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm not gonna mention any names because I was me- I, I there was a couple of people I told uh, that I was trolling right and uh, and I said like. You know, they're like, "Why do you gotta be so negative in my DMs?" And I'm like, "Bro, calm down. I'm just, uh, I'm just it's trolling. Let's see how many people I can piss off." It's just and, a prank, bro. <laughs> and then it, like, I lose. I'm just like, I see so many, so much hate, and I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna delete this. I'm tired of like so many people that don't follow me finding this tweet and just like absolutely roasting me. It's like, if you had listened before, like I tweeted like five times about how excited I was about the playoffs. I called into 10:40 afterwards to say how excited I was for the playoffs. And basically saying, like, I don't care about the odds. Like, I'm still going to cheer for this team. But then they see that one tweet, and they're like, negative. Hey, why are you be so negative? Oh, I got to be a Debbie Dan. Oh, yeah, like those people. Uh, I'm not negative. I'm critical. critical. I'm There's real. I, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. Like, Tyler Myers played terrible that series. Pedersen's yeah, line was a god. Yeah, the, the lotto line was godlike, and Tyler Myers. Uh, you can't, can't. You can't even sugarcoat that Tyler Myers played terrible that series. Yeah, and Troy Stetcher played penalty, way better. He uh, he, he, he wasn't was good. terrible at even strength. He was terrible. Eye test or analytics? You got to agree with that. And even when you're looking at eye tests, like how many reads did he make that were wrong in the defensive zone? That too many. Uh, count. Like like that's the thing. Like, and the other thing is, if you catch him on the rush, like, I don't think the Blues are a very fast team. I haven't watched a lot of them play. But if you catch him they on the really rush, like, team. and, yeah, I mean, like, then, then he's going to, it's going to basically neutralize his weakness. His weakness is when a guy's coming flying off the rush and goes around him. Yeah, that. Because he doesn't have the foot speed. He doesn't have the foot speed to, to pivot, right? Yeah, because he's so big. And, I mean, yeah, against, like, the Blues, that's going to help. But, like, I don't know, like... If you get, they're another dump and chase team, right? Yeah, like dump and chase, a uh, physical. I don't have their like, frequency. Greasy their frequency. goals. I don't have the frequency. Well, no, not really greasy goals, but they score. 
type here. Team. Like, let's see. Four check teams. St. Louis uh, carry in 46%. Um, uh, I mean, they're, they're another heavy four check team. Yep. Whereas like, I you know, Colorado's probably Colorado carries in more than anybody. Right. So they're, they're about 57% carry into the, basically the number I'm saying is how many times that they enter the zone and how many of those are four check. Right. So, uh, what is that? So that's 54% of the time they dump and chase. Or, yep, no, they don't. They no, they. Uh, never mind. I'm reading the numbers correct and incorrectly. <laughs> oh. um, so like they they they, uh, they four check, but I mean they get a lot of opportunities. Uh, yeah, that's They're pretty much what I figured. Team too. They're a good four checking team. Check very physical team. That's uh, the thing that. So like the average. Me. The average um, recovery rate is twelve percent on on each our dump and chase right. So like the wild we're at like fifteen percent. So that's the best in in all of hockey. The blues are 13%, I think. Yeah, 13%. So, I mean, like, it, it's a little bit of a downgrade, obviously, uh, in the forechecking. But, I mean, they're, uh, they're another tough team, though, too. They're, they're not – it's not like this is going to be easy. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, excited, obviously, to watch them. Yeah, let's quickly here talk about uh, how the Canucks what – what would it take for the Canucks to win the series? So, I'll start off. Uh, first of all – the play of the lotto line. If they continue to play that well, uh, Faber, he wrote an article for Canucks Army on how well they played against Minnesota. If they continue to click, continue to play well, um, um, they should be in for a good time. And uh, Markstrom didn't really have the best series against the Wild. He let in a few questionable goals. But... uh, if he turns back into his old self, um, once again, the Canucks could uh, be looking at the next round. Um, uh, Brandon Sutter, um, in like the last few games against the, the Wild, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say it. He actually didn't play too bad. And if he actually continues to play like that way, then uh, I'd be pretty happy. Uh, the Horvat and Pearson, um, they've been getting on the scoring touch. Um, their chemistry is starting to show again. Um, another reason, if they continue to click, I think uh, the Canucks would make life tough for the Blues. And that Columbus-Tampa Bay you know, game is still going, by the way. <laughs> well, that that's the thing. Like, Columbus just... I don't even think Columbus really has that much talent. Like, what do they have? They have a good goalie and maybe like two to three scorers in. I wouldn't say like like Atkinson and who he didn't have that good of a year. Yeah, Dubois, Dubois, pretty and, good. Uh, and maybe uh, I wouldn't even say Felino. Felino's more of a defensive player. Um, Seth Jones is a pretty good defenseman. He's like okay, hey, like fifty minutes of he's, ice time. He's had like here's the thing. Like he's got good micro stats, but he's like terrible analytically. And I mean. Jay Fresh has, has talked about this a lot. Is he gets pinned in his own? He has pinned in his own zone, right? But he always makes the right plays in his own zone. So like he has terrible analytics, but it's not as though he's a bad defenseman. It's kind of weird with him. Either way, um, looking at guys that played really well that series, Olya Levy, uh, very limited ice time, uh, only like five minutes in the entire series at even strength, right? Right. Uh, played well though, seventy-one percent Corsi in the, in those minutes. Um. 
guy that was very good was uh, in, in his limited action was was Zach McEwen on that fourth line. I think there's no way that you can possibly take him out of the lineup for even if Defoe is healthy. I think you have to take Bertan out of the lineup. Zach McEwen, 59% Corsi at even strength, um, 71% expected goals for. Like he's dry, he's driving he's driving opportunities forward on the fourth line. Like you need, and again, he's a physical guy. Against the Blues, you're going to need that. He's he he played really well, and then obviously you know self-explanatory on how good uh, Pedersen was that series. All four games, 57% shot share. Um, if I'm yeah, 52% expected goals for. Even with the terrible game game three at even strength, uh, made up for in the power play, but he was he was really good at even strength. Uh, Quinn Hughes right around the same numbers. Brock Besser right around the same numbers. Um, looking at the depth guys, though, like Troy Stetcher and Oli Levy, great in limited action. Uh, Horvat on the total of the total of the series played total. He played good and. Uh, um, in game three at even strength, uh, the second and third lines were what uh, made up for the Pedersen line not performing at even strength. Um, Horvat and Sutter's line really played well. Um, on the whole, Jay Beagle, a little disappointing, only 38% shot share. People are going to blame it on the deployment. And, and, you know, it makes sense. But even if you're a defensive center, you shouldn't have anything lower than maybe like a 45. And that's because of your tough deployment. <laughs> Tyler Myers, even strength. 47% Corsi, um, 40% expected goals for. Like, that's really not good. Um, he needs to improve, uh, but he's not the reason they're going to lose. Louis Erickson, 50% shot share. Another good guy, too. So, I mean, there's totally a, totally a way for them to win. Uh, Sutter struggled in a couple of games, but the last two, I was totally totally happy with him. I think that, if, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at this as a series and not just listing off these players and how they played, uh, I think that you're going to have to see the Patterson uh, Patterson line is going to have to play very similar to how they played in, in one three one two and four uh, game three they struggle a little bit. I think you're going to have to see them play, you know, sixty seventy percent uh, shot share again generate a lot of offensive chances. You're going to have to see them score at even strength. Um, you can't just rely on that power play. Um, you know, but when the power play does come, you have to capitalize on your chances. Uh, Blues are not that good in the penalty kill. That's another thing that that needs to be pointed out because that's a big matchup for the Canucks. There, they can take advantage. Um, I think that whoever this that's a big thing in this series is, is the penalties. Um, oh, both yeah. these teams are both these teams are not that good in the penalty kill, but they're very and good on both, the power play. Both these teams, yeah, both teams, both teams are very good on the power play. And, and Tarasenko's coming back to the Blues, like he's going to make that power play even better. Oh yeah, uh, he's been pretty much out like almost the entire season with that injury. I forgot what it was, but yeah. um, having him back is going to make the power play even more scary. And uh, Canucks got to watch out for him since uh, he's been healthy since like February, right? Like, right. like he was about to come back, wasn't he? If I'm correct, he's about I, to yeah, come back. I believe so. And then got shut down, and uh, he did not play in the play against the Canucks all season. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's just another wrinkle five. they throw in. Yeah, it's another. That's another threat for the Canucks because uh, that man is uh, back, that man's a goal. That man is scary. Man can score yeah, goals. I mean, like the other thing, other thing added to like what they need to do well is, um, I think they're gonna have to. You're, you're, their success against the dump and chase. I don't have the numbers because it's no no public data on it. But like, there were a lot of good. I, I didn't have a problem at all with. Um, I thought that they dealt with the dump and chase pretty well. Um, I think that's going to be another big thing, though. You're going to because you're going to. They're another four check. They're another four checking team. 
um, they're going to need to be able to make the reads again. I think I don't know if they play a similar forechecking system, um, but you're, you're coming in playing a similar brand of hockey. Um, you know, stump. You know, you're going to get hit, and you got to make the right read. Um, defense. I thought they dealt with it pretty good. Um, and the big thing, though, looking at this too, was I think that Horvat's line is going to have to play similar to they played in three in three and four. Um, they're going to probably have a tougher matchup with you know. It really the top six is going to is going to have a tough matchup either way because the blues have a very strong top six too nobody's talking about this but you know tyler bozak it, it, he's a fine third liner um that might that might cause some trouble here but if brandon sutter plays like he did in three and four like it's not really going to be a problem um i think the big thing at the end of the day is going to be uh the third line's going to be key again um since we put brandon sutter on there big upgrade from god at and not many people are going to talk about it, but like Goddard did not look good in game one. Um, putting Sutter yeah, there really. actually boosted everything. Like he did not look good. Uh, big uh, so key key notes either way. First line's going to have to play very well, and you know that's always the thing with the Canucks. Really, I mean that's a kind of I'm not going to blame it on the Benning era, but basically it is is basically when the top six plays well, the Canucks win. And that's basically how the bending arrow works. If the top six plays well, they win. And we saw that with what when they didn't perform in game one. Guess what? They lost. Game three, the the second line really played well. Third line really played well. And they made up for in the power play. So, I mean, there's obviously instances where it works out. But, I mean, the top six has to play well. That is how the Canucks are going to win this series. Third line, another key addition that they can do. But we'll see what happens. Yep, uh, all good points. Um, the, we both agree that the top six has to do very well if the Canucks want to succeed. If they don't do well, uh, well, it might be a short series if the top six disappears. But uh, regardless, let's see what happens. We're both excited. Um, out of uh, just out of curiosity, if you want to know our predictions, I'm predicting the Canucks to beat the Blues in seven. Yes, I said it. Hopefully, I don't jinx it. But um, Let's see what happens. What about you, Ty? I mean, in my bracket, I picked Blues in six, but the only reason... But it, I, I've had two blue, two brackets, right? So I picked the Canucks in six in one and Blues in six in the other because it's really tough to predict how this works out. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be cheering for the Canucks to win. Um, that's without question. I think the big question is if the Blues flip the switch and they want to be here, this will be over in six. If they don't, the Canucks could the Canucks could take them in five. Um, the Canucks are a younger team. They're way faster. We'll see what happens. This is, and you know, if you want people to believe that aren't believing right now, they, they come in and they beat the blues. I mean, you're going to start to see some more people switch their heads. Oh yeah. Yeah. If the Canucks beat the blues, well, it's going to be a, um, it's like a really good step in the right direction for the young core. And a lot of the, like the, I mean, the uh, so-called the bandwagon fans like, could come back. If you're uh, seeing like, like the rioters, the rioters. I'm just gonna say, like, those are the people that bandwagoned in the city. Well, yeah, I, saw, I, I saw a joke. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name who it was, right? Um, because then I don't want to get nobody in trouble. But I basically, I got a text, the, uh, you know, on the, uh, the third line. Uh, what was it? Whenever they won that the the game four, right? Yeah. And he says, you know, we're grabbing our shoes. We're gonna go riot like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> just social distance riot. No, it's just like it's just like those are the people. Like it's like, oh yeah, you know, even if even if the Canucks won that uh, game seven, right? There was yeah. going to be a riot. There was going to be a riot regardless. 
so so he basically you know he sent a joke out he said you know oh yeah we're going to our shoes they're gonna go riot downtown wow um so uh let's wrap we're gonna wrap this up um let's hope we get a lot of uh fans on scott road and 72nd canucks corner um and um yes columbus and tampa are going to a fourth overtime as the time we're recording oh god wow and um I don't know. Maybe uh, by the time this episode is out, they still will be playing. I don't know. Maybe we can get a COVID-19 vaccine before this game ends. Oh. <laughs> Who, uh, I'll, we're going to go watch the rest after uh, we wrap this up. But uh, thanks for I'm fired up for this, this 5 o'clock game, though. Yeah. Boston and Carolina. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a good game. But um, hope you enjoyed our little like mini playoff preview episode between the Canucks and Blues. Uh, let's, we hope the Canucks will win. And, but uh, let's see what happens. So um, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at JoshuaRay91. He's at TeaParty21. Uh, Avid Discussers Podcast. Uh, at Avid Discussers is the username on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also on Facebook too. Just search up Avid Discussers Podcast. So leave us a review on Apple or like on Twitter and all the other streaming platforms. Uh, follow us on our social media pages. Follow us on Twitter. By the way, I'm very close to 600. Get me to 600, please. I'd like to. And uh, hope the Canucks um, have a good series against the Blues. And uh, be nice if they win. So thanks for listening. Thank you for your support. And 